1: How you doing, Dennis? I'm, I'm fine at the moment, yeah. You
0: know, in the uh, conditions we're all having to put up with, yeah, uh, we've, we've got to keep our mental state in a good position. So I suppose having a chat to you will keep me going because it'll make me think about things in the past, Paul, yeah, which is always good. Yeah you know with us footballers and the fact that quite a lot of us might end up with dementia these days because we headed the ball too much yeah so we've got to be uh, got to keep this brain box going Paul and um, doing doing shows like yours is a great help
1: Absolutely and welcome all to Aston Villa through the years class of 81 champions in their words and you're right Dennis we're gonna take that trip down memory lane and remember that iconic season when Aston Villa became champions of England 40 years ago but before we get into that let's give a mention to the book that celebrates your achievements. I have it in front of me here, sent by Mr. Dennis Mortimer. Thank you, sir. Aston Villa, First Division Champions, 1980-81, 40th anniversary tribute. There are social media platforms that fans can visit to reminisce. On Facebook, it's AV40, 40th anniversary tribute page. And on Twitter, it's quite simply... AV40T and the website that ties it all together is av40tribute.com. Blimey, I've worked hard enough. Let's begin. Very good. Excellent. And the season began at Leeds United at Ellen Road, but before that, let's go back to the pre-season, Dennis. And you know, Ronald assembled a tremendous group of players. You used fourteen players in that iconic and history-making season, seven of which were ever-present. That's quite extraordinary. And I've been doing a little bit of research. Even two of your, your back four were originally forwards. But you looked at something in pre-season and thought, hang on, we've got half a chance here. What was that moment that, that you thought like that?
0: Um, well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a programme here now, from, uh, you know, the early on in the season. And it's just given the the match facts about the pre-season tour you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. And we went over to Germany um, yeah. to play some games against, you know, hopefully, or what Ron thought would be some tough games. Because, you know, pre-season, you, you want to play tough games. You don't want them too easy. Because if you, if they're too easy and you win the games too easy, then you just don't know where you are. So, so, what you're looking for really is, is games that are going to be tough. Now, looking at the three games we played, FC buckholt uh, we only we beat them one nil, so that was our first game. Uh, then we played Nuremberg FC, we lost two one to them, uh, and then we played VF. L. Bochum and drew with them, but we also had a return game with them at Villa Park as well, uh, just before the season started, and we beat them two-one at our place. So, they they were tough games to play in, you know, looking at the results and and the score lines, Paul. But uh, but you want good games, you want you want tough games that you know if you lose five-nil, you know you've got a lot to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you know when if, when you if you're playing tough games and you know the game the the, the score line is quite close. You know that you you know you're sort of on the right lines really, but I suppose I suppose the big key thing really, and you know this has been well versed, is the fact that you know we 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 brought in Peter with you know Ron had, had had made that really good signing of getting a. A centre forward. I, I think when I look at it, it, it it's a centre forward in the same kind of style as what Andy Gray was when I first joined the football club. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and we had a similar, we had a similar formation with, uh, you know, so you you think of Andy Gray and Brian Little, well, well now we had uh, Peter With and we had Gary Shaw, and the way we played and the way those two played actually suited our style. Yeah, because it was very similar to the style in in '77, and it was it was obviously the style that Ron wanted to try and get. It was the kind the of uh, players he wanted to get to 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 put his vision. Yeah, in, you know, and, and hopefully with his vision of how he wanted the team to play, he just needed to get the right players. And you know, so those early games in uh, in Germany was a, was our opportunity now to 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 really get to know what Peter was all about. Uh, and also to sort of sort of own our game into the kind of players and the kind of team we wanted to be. And that kind of play was was trying to play the ball on the ground as much as possible. But but link up with Gary Shaw and, and obviously get balls to Peter Wood who would knock things down for runners coming from midfield like myself and Des and you know sort of uh, Tony Morley out wide and, and and this is the way we wanted to play. And and those early games really showed us that there was an opportunity, but I just felt at Leeds, Paul, that, you know, we, we, you know, as we well know, we went one nil down after about two minutes to uh, a very disputed penalty, as far as most of us were concerned. It was a very soft one, but listen, you know, we had to, we had to raise from that. And and we went on, I think 2-1. I just didn't think it was a reflection on the game, really. You know, it could have been a lot more, but you know, 2-1 was enough. and, And from that game on, you know, I think everybody at the football, everybody in the team, felt th- there was a. Th- there's going to be a chance here this year if we can, if we can keep this team together and keep it rocking, then there's a good chance we could we could do something this season.
1: And Jimmy Adamson, the uh, the manager, echoed your thoughts because he said Villatorus to pieces. They were faster on the ball, they were quicker on the break, and they were more positive in every way. So clearly, Ron had really got you up and ready for the challenge that was going to end ultimately in triumph on the 2nd of May, uh, 1981. Of course, the season started in 1980. And you achieved something that no other Villa team for 71 years had achieved. You won the league. And it was the seventh time that Villa had won the league. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but it, it was the 81st um Time that Aston Villa have been involved in uh, in 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 the football league, which Aston Villa again were founder member. So in eighty one it was seven and vi- number seven seems a very lucky right. number for Aston Villa, and eighty one yeah. being the eighty first season, it all it was look it looked as though all the stars aligned for Aston Villa. You mentioned that midfield quartet, and the one thing that I would say before we actually get into the nuts and bolts of the season, Aston Villa were a very, very good team. That wasn't a good team. They were an excellent team. They were a well-versed, well-drilled football team. And I think sometimes when a team is so organised, people lose sense of what that team is all about. But in Tony Morley, you had arguably... One of the greatest wide players in the country. In Dennis Mortimer, you had a wise old head of a captain who was 29. In Sid, you had one of the greatest midfield generals in the middle of the park. And Des was a tremendous, I'm not being unkind to Des, but a workhorse up and down as well. So it was a very functional midfield. Peter With and Gary Shaw must have been absolutely. Ble- well, they were blessed, wasn't they? They 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 must have been counting counting their lucky stars again that they had such a tremendous midfield four behind them supplying the ammunition for uh, for Shores in with the.
0: You said it all there, Paul. Yeah, I I think I might as well go now, mightn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, how can how can <laughs> Thank, I top for your time, that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How can I top that? Listen, yeah, no. The, the blend in midfield with with you know there were there were th- three different players in a way yeah and yeah? and and obviously Tony see I counted Tony as being one of our midfield players I I thought we were a four four two yeah yeah uh, some people thought it was a four three three but I I thought it was a four four two with Tony because Tony had to get back and help out yeah you know if it, it, if if you, if you remember uh, anyone who remembers Aaron Tony about his role. He was always saying that the manager was threatening them to get back all the time and 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 pick up any marauding fullbacks and and Tony had that job to do you see so he always fitted back into a into our three but the interesting thing about our, our three Paul is that we, we played as a central three yeah. and Tony out wide and I've always I've always sort of uh, seen the the replica of us was Liverpool yeah. yeah. Yep. or oh, we were the replicate of them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they won the trophy so many times but they they had a very similar system to us yeah except that they had Sammy Lee on the right wing whereas we had Tony Morley on the left yep. but they had three central midfield players all different Ray Kennedy great pass of the ball Gordon Cowens yep. Graham Sooners in the middle A little bit different from me in a way you know because I wasn't a tough tackler not like him you know, but 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 he was the, he was their holder midfield player. That was my role, but I also liked to get forward. Yeah. yeah? And then we had Des. Now Des was very similar, you know, from the point of view of Terry McDermott. Like to get up and down. Yeah. So we had this we had this blend in midfield which 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 was Elful, you know to the to the likes of, of of gary shaw and peter but we also had a marauding right back in kenny Swayne, and you mentioned earlier about you know ron turning kenny into a full back from a forward and alan evans becoming a center back uh as when it but when he came down to to england he was a center forward and you know ron had a great eye for picking players you know and and and, and giving them a chance, you know, when you think about the young players that came in to the side, you know, Shosie had, had played the season before, uh, and you know, and 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 was, had a few games, but you know, Ron Ron was always looking at, at players and thinking to himself, could they do a job? Gary Williams, Colin Gibson, both played left back, yep. yeah, do with, with yeah. and then aiming DC, obviously, who who filled in at times as well, but but you know, there was a, there was a, there was young players, and as you mentioned, I was probably. Myself, Peter, Ken, uh, Ken uh, Kenny Sway, and we were the eldest. We elder statesmen, really, at twenty nine. So we were we were at that age now, Paul, where we really needed to start winning something, yeah. And uh, and this was going to be the season, yeah. And it all worked out for us. And uh, but but no, we 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 talk about our that team. Of of 80 81 and we we talk about it and when I'm talking about we I'm talking about the players we 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 felt we were a very very good solid team yeah. it was all about a team effort you know it was there were times when maybe a couple of players went having the, having the best day but then you know the next game it'd be another two players who might not be having a good day. But the rest of the team then took care of that, you know, and and they made sure that they put in a a little bit of an extra percent, you know, to make sure that things were going right. But one thing that was good about Ronnie, he he wasn't, he didn't want to change the side around if he didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the results really were the things that kept us together. If we'd have started having bad runs and we weren't doing things, then the team would have changed a, a lot more but because you know he 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 put his faith in us at the start of the season and it's and you know and he, he knew his players he he realized that well if someone's had a poor game i'm not going to leave them out the next game as you know as a, as a punishment i'm going to leave them in there because i know they'll probably have a good game and maybe someone else might just drop their level so that was a great thing about the team is that it was always able to pick up in games where maybe a player might not be getting through the kind of way they would like to get through. And that wasn't necessarily poor because of the way they were playing themselves. It was sometimes what well, you gotta realize in a game of football, the opposition try to stop you. Yep. Yeah. And 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 certain players might just be up against a player now who's doing a job in stopping that player from playing. And and you know so so from a situation like that, you can't always think of a player playing poorly. You can only think of a player not being able to get into the game as much as you would have liked them to to do so. But we were fortunate that we were always able to overcome that.
1: My good friend and pal um, and fellow uh, podcast uh, co-host of uh, our weekly podcast, The Current View, Mr Terry Curran. Terry believes there is no plan B, you improve plan A and it seems as though that's what Ron Saunders did, instead of chopping and changing and trying to find other methods, he was very focused on what he wanted to do, and he just improved that plan A, because he realised that his best 11 players were on that pitch. Did he set you any targets before the season started, Dennis? Like some managers do, no?
0: No, I think, you see, targets to me are set by the players. Yeah yeah and but you you set your targets basically in your own head yep yeah because and you know yourself that there's there's a, a positive. so you don't talk about it yeah what you don't do is you don't go out and say no we're good enough to win the league what you do is you sort of make out that you're capable of winning the league yep. yeah there's a, there's a possibility because of what you what the you know the games you've won the teams you've beaten you know the way you're playing you start to start thinking that yourself in in the back of your own mind. But what, what we never did, and, and what Ron never did, was he, he never ever came out with any statement saying that we're going to win the league. And we never even started the season with that kind of thought. All we, all we believed in was the fact that once we'd beaten Leeds and we played so well and we'd had a good pre-season... We felt that we had the team now that was that could take could go all the way 42 games, and now pick a that fantastic trophy up at the end of the season. So, that that was the the momentum, and the momentum had to stay there all the way through the season. You know, and there were times when we had a, a hiccup or two, but we always got that momentum back. And as you said, Paul, Ron. Ron wasn't one for wanting now to change the team for the sake of changing it. He always felt that, you know, a player, as I said earlier, if a player didn't quite do it for a game or two, he always made sure, you know, that that player stayed in the team because that player was an integral part of it.
1: You could also argue in the 1980-81 season where you won the league, you won it, you won a more difficult league. The English First Division Traditionally, it has always been the hardest league to win, without a doubt. But you had 14 local Midlands derbies. You won 11, you drew three. That is an amazing return of results in such close and competitive games. And when we say local derbies, back in them days, Nottingham Forest that were including, you know, were, were European champions. Nottingham yes. Forest had already been champions of this country as well. Nottingham Forest were second in the league to Liverpool, who incidentally won the, the league on the same amount of points as you, 60 the season before. Birmingham City had a decent team in those days. West Bromwich Albion, had you beaten Arsenal in the last game of the season, Runs mob would have finished third. We had very good teams in that, air, in that area as well, didn't we?
0: Yeah, no, it, you made a good point there because that was one of the things I was going to mention about the, the number of local derbies that we had to play and, and to 111 of them was no mean feat, to be honest, because derby games are totally different from all the others. You know, you you, you go to play Liverpool, you, might, you play Man United, you play Man City, you play Tottenham and all that and the thing is is that, you know, you're just playing against another team who you know are good, you know, but but there's no edge to them as there as would have been to the derby games and... And the edge that we had to get over was the fact that I felt a lot of the times that, you know, teams set out to try to upset us more yeah. than anything else. You know, they you know, put, put in tackles which were, you know, deemed today, you'd be off with a red card straight away, you know, and, and and sometimes that was what you were putting up with, Paul, yeah. you know, but, but we we managed to win be there because... You're quite right about that because the next two seasons we 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 didn't quite keep that record up. Yeah, because at 81, 82, we only won seven, mm-hmm. we drew four and lost three. So, you know, we 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 you know you, you, when you're looking at that as well is that you think to yourself, well, losing three in obviously in 80, 81 and 82, yeah, I think the um, the number of points it was three points to, for a win. Yeah, so you know we, you're losing a lot of points there. From the point of view of uh, you know of local derbies, but they were tough, you know. And 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 you know we had you know Birmingham City, West Brom. West Brom had a super team, and yeah, they were a fantastic team. You know the players they had. You just look at the look at the lineup. They were a tremendous team, you know. And and I think we drew with them the first game. Yeah but it was a game at our place near the end of the season where it was nil nil with about about a minute to go when Brendan Batson made his fabulous back pass to the goalkeeper, <laughs> which 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 Peter Witt snapped up and put it in the back of the net, which gave us the win. Now that could have been another draw. Yep. Yeah. So, so so they were always tough games, yeah, all all the derby games. And as you say, there were there were good teams in there from Wolverhampton, you had uh, Stoke City who gave us tough games all the time you know I was looking at the record of Stoke City and we we really really beat Stoke City yeah when we were in, when we uh, when I was playing at Villa in the first division you know so 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 tough derbies. Coventry City my old team yeah mm-hmm. we had to play them a couple of times and, and and you know and and they 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 were Coventry City were were building a good side again after I'd left them and uh, they were looking good but you know just couldn't make that you couldn't just couldn't sort of get over the you know the sort of threshold of getting above the halfway line uh, halfway up the uh, up the league, you know, but they looked a good team so so it was tough for us paul in from that point of view, and it's a good point to make you know that we had to play against or we had to play in in fourteen local derbies, no other team had to do that, yeah. In the I, league,
1: I don't think any other team, and, and I haven't looked at, at the stats of all, all winners of the leagues, um, how many derbies they've, they've had, but this area was a hotbed in yes. the late 70s and early 80s of fine players, fine teams. You could have almost made an England team up and a B team. Of yeah. players from our area. Who gave you the hardest games in the local derbies? Because didn't was was it Archie Gimmel and probably Toddy and Worthington that were giving you you a little bit of sticking and suggesting that for Birmingham City there was four easy points when they were going to play Aston Villa, but that certainly didn't materialise. Aston Villa at St Andrews run out 2-1 winners. And at Villa Park, having a Keith Birching goal disallowed for offside, absolutely mullered Birmingham City. And David Geddes, we have to mention David Geddes, played an instrumental part. So where players were either injured or suspended or not playing for whatever reason, the players that come into the team just fitted into that fine unit like a a hand into a glove.
0: Well, I I think, you know, we we reflect back on Dave Geddes. The thing with Dave was, you know, was that Dave was a different player from Peter With, a totally different player. Dave was what I would call a forward runner. Peter was a a target man, although although he, you know, he did like to run forward. But most of the time, Peter was a target man, which suited us. It suited our style you know we because you know although we did peter in the air whenever we got the ball down we were always looking to play to feet and play it quickly yeah. which was you know one of the things that we were capable of doing we had you know especially because of the way we were we were set up Paul but but dave was a different player so we had to adjust the way we played with david because he was he he wanted the ball more over the top now for for someone like myself and for someone like Des, what what that does now, it it, it sort of nullifies our runs, yep. yeah. Because he wants to make the runs we want to make. So with Peter and with Shosie, they would be like what you call a wall pass, yep. which would enable myself and Des to get forward and Tony to get into more advanced forward positions, Paul. So so from from our point of view working with Dave now, it did change us around a little bit from the way we played. But listen, when he came in, he did a great job for us, you know. I mean he was uh he, he scored some great goals and as you say in that Birmingham game, yeah, he scored two cracking goals for us. Uh, and we needed that. You know, we need we needed to keep winning games, you know, lose drawing games, uh although you only when you drew in those days, you only lost one point. Yeah. Yeah but you know in the modern era now you lose two. Yeah so so that makes it a bit more difficult but you know that, that first game against Birmingham which uh, when we we won 2-1 again it was it was uh, it was one all getting close to the end of the game and it was a tough game and and they Birmingham made it difficult for us. And, and you know when you look at their team you know they weren't bad yeah, yeah? as you say Gallagher Todd Dennis Kirbyley Ainsco Gemmel Dylan, Linx, Worthington. You know they had one of the most extravagant footballers on the uh, on the face of the earth in yeah. Frank Worthington. Yeah, who was no mean footballer. Yeah, very very talented. Uh, you know, and he, he was he was a good target man. But you know, you look at their side, and and you know, you, you you think to yourself, well, probably a lot of their players are probably more known than us from previous years. You know, and but but you know we. <laughs> We, what we had was a was a resilience, you know, to keep to keep going. And the goal Allen got, you know, was one of, you know, one of the specials of the season really where he's he's gone off for a free kick and the ball's been headed on on the edge of the box and a ball's come to him and he's, he's back his back is facing the goal. And the ball's in the air and he's he's sort of, he's he's let it come over his shoulder and he swung his left foot and he's hit the most glorious volley, yeah. And this is where this being a centre forward came in now, you see, because, you know, be, having been a goal scorer, not just with his head, but obviously with his feet, he was he swivelled on that right foot of his and hit it with his left foot and the ball flew into the top corner, you know, which gave us the win. And it was it was having that, that type of player in your team who, you know, wasn't just good with his head at corner kicks and stuff like that or, or, or defending. He's actually very good with his feet, yeah, having been a centre-forward. So, you know, that, that was a bonus. And and obviously winning that, I, I, I do remember reading some articles, you know, in the paper about Archie Gemmell, you know, sort of mouthing off, really, saying that, you know, we they, they're not good enough. They won't be good enough. They won't win the league. Well, at the end of that season, you know, I, he never sent us a telegram to say I was wrong you know which was a shame really but you know it was they they were they were they were tough games you know and, and 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 even the west brom team you know when you look at that it was it was so so full of of good players yeah you know and uh, and and to, and to, we as i say the the first one i think was a draw nil nil but we got that 1-0 win you know, sort of later on in the season, but a lot of goals were tight, Paul. Yeah, they were. You know, we had to work hard for a lot of games. You know, to win them. I mean, you know, we 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 didn't have any. You know, we'd be Tottenham three. 0 we'd be Brighton four one at home. But when you read the reports, you know, there's there's always there's always opportunities where the other team had chances to score, which you're always going to get. You know, you can't you can't go through a game, you know, defending so well that like you don't that the other team doesn't get a chance to score. The good good fortune for us is that they didn't score, but we put our chances away, and we made sure that you know we came out at, at, on top. But you know every game would be different. You know you have got you've got games where you you know you're playing against the top teams in the country, uh, the Liverpool's your Man United's and everything, and then you've got your local derbies where you know it's going to be a totally different game altogether because the other teams, the local derby ones. I always used to felt the other teams got up, up up for it, you know. We were ready for it, but I think they got ready for it even more, you know. From, but there was a bit sometimes just a little bit too much aggression, yeah, yeah that came into those games, which, which you know, you, you're always worried about. But and that's where we were quite we were quite fortunate, you know, with the number of players who played so many games, you know, to get through a season without without losing seven players, yeah, and having seven players who as we played in all the games was was no
1: mean achievement, you know, considering the games we'd played in. Absolutely, and I think a great example of what you was explaining with the, the forward runs of, of yourself and Des was when you scored the second goal against Liverpool when Kenny Swain had got the ball on the right-hand side, he played a nice little ball into Shawsy. Shawsy played a defence splitting pass to you who was running from midfield, and then you scored the uh, the second goal that, that ultimately put that game to bed, and uh, you'd beaten your boyhood heroes, didn't you? Liverpool 2-0.
0: Yeah, well, as you can well imagine, Paul, it was always a dream to score yeah. against Liverpool, and uh, getting that one, uh, you know, going, I, I go, you know, my my thoughts going bef- into that game was this: that if we could beat Liverpool today, yeah. we we only sh- we show our credentials now as being the team that could go all the way, yeah, um, and 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 win the league. Liverpool as the team that you've got to beat. To win the league, if you can beat Liverpool and if other teams can beat Liverpool and keep them down then you 've always got a chance because you know they, 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 they were so 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 accomplished as a football team and knew how to win the league, yeah they knew how to win the league, so you know we 're an outsider now we 're looking to take the you know the cup away from them so but we 've always we 'd always had good games against Liverpool i mean the game up at Anfield we lost two one. You know, to a last-minute goal from from uh, Kenny Daglish, I think it was. You know, and uh, but even that game, you see, we we felt we deserved more out of that game. We always we always gave Liverpool a tough time, uh, and over the years, you know, I, I, we always loved playing against them because they were the team that you you would judge yourself by. Yeah, you needed to find you needed to find the level that you knew that, well, this is the level now that we're going to have to use to win, you know, to, to win the league. Yeah. And so, playing against Liverpool always gave you that. And, and I remember, you know, it was late on in the game where Daglish, you know, and what a super player, but, you know, I, I always reflect on this uh, Daglish and I think to himself, you know, what a great player he was, what a super goal scorer, you know, could score with both feet, but could score with caressing the ball into the back of the net. And, the player in our team who I thought might have gone on to sort of do as well as him was actually Shosie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, when, I, when 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 struck a ball, yeah, he could he could he could caress the ball into the corner of the net. He could pass it into the corner of the net. You know, it wasn't it wasn't always about power, and that was the thing that Darliech had. You know, and he 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 was he was Dalglish was good at turning sharply you know in the box and getting a shot away and that was shows and you see some shows his goals you know and and the way he's just he's just used the outside of his foot to sort of destruct the ball past the goalkeeper it, you know he scored some tremendous goals and i always felt he would be a player to go on and have a really good international career but you know injury struck him down and he never got there but it was such a shame because he i, I think he could have gone on you know, to being one of the you know the great England goal scorers, to be honest, because he he had so much ability in front of goal, and he was never flustered by things. You know, he always got on with his game, and he, you know, he 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 had to take cha- challenges and tackles and everything like that. And you know, and and with players like Gary, they always knew that they were going to be you know from a defending point of view, they always knew defenders would be looking to get at them, you know, to try and put them off the game. But you know, the great thing about players like uh, Gary, you know, like Glees, is that they were so aware of defenders, you know, that they were they were one step ahead of them. But it was a shame, really, that 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 happened to Gary because I think he could have come, you know, one of the all-time great Villa players. Remember, you know, from the point of view of longevity. I absolutely
1: agree, and I saw that firsthand. As a, as a kid of 11, because Gary Shore went to the same school as me and he used to play on the big playground with a case ball with the big <laughs> lads. And I, I looked at his ball control in tight spaces and areas just on that play and you could see Gary Shaw was absolutely different class it was no surprise when he went to sign for Aston Villa and it was no surprise when he went on to be the player that he that he was and you're right it's just a shame that he didn't really kick on and that was only because of injuries but you're right they're very similar with, with Douglas and um, and Gary the one thing that I would say was different between Duglish and, and Gary Shaw is Kenny had a bigger backside and Joe Gallagher <laughs> told me that he used to get tight yes. to you, yeah, he put his big yes. backside in he'd spin you yeah, and uh, and king kenny was uh, was on his way did you have any superstitions uh dennis before the game
0: no no i, I didn't have superstitions I, I just had a routine yeah yeah so some of the lads would go out uh, before the game and have a warm-up on the pitch uh, but I would be in the dressing room about two o'clock, which is where we, most of the time we needed to be in at two o'clock. There was a few who came in a little bit later because they were, you know, they, it was just the way they like to prepare for a game, but I'd start preparing about two o'clock. You know, I'd just get my, uh, Get my shorts on and everything and my and, and my socks and one thing I did used to do though, and it and it was a it was a little thing I did do, it was it was I always wore my socks inside out. Really? So it's quite quite lucky really that those socks in those days didn't look any different on the outside from the inside. You know, socks of today have all kind of fa- some of them have fancy designs on these days, you know, or a or a club badge well, if we'd have had a club badge on, I'd have been, I'd have had to have had it on the inside, yeah, you know, sort of. Uh, but that's why. I, so I used to wear my, my socks inside. I never wore tie-ups. Yeah. Yeah. And I never wore shin pads. Really? Yeah. I went through my whole career without wearing shin pads. Yeah. Really? The only time I the only time I wore shin pads is I think later on in my career, I think shin pads might have come into, uh, you know, you had to put, you had to wear yeah. them, yeah, compulsory, but. I don't. I. I can't. I don't think. I don't think I did wear shin pads at all. You know. So, uh, I was one of those players that always felt that I need to be aware of the late challenge, and be ready to pull the leg away. You know, and, and and be an artful dodger in a way. Yeah, and I was quite fortunate in that way that, you know, I get little nicks on the shin, but I get more nicks on on my ankle yeah. by me my kicking myself. You know, when you just sort of. You know, you one one boot comes close too close, and you just catch yourself on the ankle, and you just leave a little bit of a, a cut on it. But 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 so so no, and then and then you know, and so I didn't go out. I, I did the same warm up, yeah, uh, um, in, in and just stayed in the dressing room. As I say, the other lads, some of them would go out. Not many used to go out. As I say, some of them came in a bit later. You know, maybe sort of near the half two, ready to get changed. But but superstitions. I don't remember too many of the lads having a superstition, really, you know, where uh, they did something that that, that you, you noticed. Like, no one, I don't think anyone noticed that I wore my socks inside out. Yeah. So, where so, did that
1: come from, Dennis?
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I it's just something, I, I, it's just something I started doing, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And I, I, I just, and it wasn't as if I felt, all oh, right, I've worn my socks inside out for this game, we've won, so I'll keep doing it. Yeah. I don't think it was anything consciously yeah. that made me keep doing that. Yeah, it, you know, that made me start doing that. I mean, yeah, mm. it, I just, I just, I just did it. Yeah, uh, and 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 that was it. And I just say, you, a lot of people might have noticed that my my socks would come down as well, and I'd be, I'd be pulling them up all the time. That was because I never wore, I never wore tie-ups. Uh, most of the lads would would have tie ups where they keep so the socks wouldn't go down. I didn't wear them; I just relied on the socks being tight enough. To stay up. If you look at the socks nowadays, they wear them above the knees. So I'd be, <laughs> I'd be all right, wouldn't I? would be i would be alright would not i it would be like a pair of tights, yeah. Munger, you there, is a,
1: there is a Villa captain that doesn't wear socks very high, and uh, he no like no, shin no pads no, but he, as well. but he, Yeah, but he wears shin pads. Yeah, <laughs> he wears shin pads. You know, little the kids, you little yeah. kids, shin pads. When you yes. were a little kid, or when you were fifteen, you teamed up with one of your teammates at Villa for uh, Kirby Boys, didn't you? In Liverpool. Well, there was there was, there was one yeah Kenny. Swain yeah. yeah
0: yeah and and Terry McDermott Mac, was in yeah. the same team yeah, yeah. so so we, we we were all in the same Kirby boys there was another lad called John McLaughlin as well who who did go on and play he was the first of our group to actually play in the first team yeah and he played for Liverpool yeah uh, it just before he was 18 you know and he had a he had a good couple of seasons right John uh, he was our team captain. He went on. He, he represented Lancashire boys as well. He was our centre half. But you know, but, but he started. He started really well. He was the first of our group to actually get into the first team. Yeah. Uh, but 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 he he didn't last very long. John and and we had a reunion two years ago, Paul up in Kirby of the Kirby Boys teams. Yeah. And because uh, they don't the Kirby Boys is no longer a team now. It's 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 uh, combined with Nosley. Yeah. Yeah. So so and we actually uh we used to play our games on the, the pitch it was Kirby Town, which is now where Liverpool's academy is. Oh right. Yeah, so at the top of uh, north uh, north of you know up the Kirby. So we that's that's where the you know the training ground for for Liverpool is now, you know. So that was our one of our own pitches. We had two. We had Kirby Town and we had also Kirby Stadium, which was an athletics track as well. But, but yeah, so we, we played together, yeah, uh, in, in that team. And uh, and <laughs> the other player who was from Kirby as well was Phil Thompson. Right. Who was a year younger than us. Yeah. Right. And Phil actually went to the same school as me. Right. Right. So So that school now has got two captains yeah. who won the European Cup. Right. Incredible. Right. Now I wouldn't have thought there'd be too many schools around in Europe. Wouldn't have thought so. it's got two players who are both lifted the European Cup for their team as a captain. You know, so it's uh, so we put we put Kirby on
1: the map in a way. Yeah. You certainly Not... did. You put Villa on the map. You put every team yeah. that you played for on the map. Yeah. Unbelievably, <laughs> you didn't play for England. Um, a number of players didn't play for England. Great players that didn't play for England. But you must be in the top half a dozen, along with Jimmy Greenoff that didn't represent the country. But you did at B level, didn't you? Yes. The Villa team didn't have, didn't have any English internationals at the time that you won the league. Peter, of course, went on and, and played in yes. the World Cup, didn't he, in 1982. He but yes. with... with injuries to certain players, you would have thought the likes of yourself and Sid and Shawsey and Tony Morley, a number of them players, surely must have been so close to an England call-up. In fact, Gary Shaw and Gordon did get a call-up yes. in that season, didn't they? But yes, um, they did. That, that must have wrangled a bit with, with the team. Look, we've won the league, we've won the European Cup, and you ain't even picked us for England. What's all that about?
0: Well, you know, it, 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 it's interesting. I suppose one, away, one way it, it's... It's helpful that players don't go away on international duty yeah. and then come back and maybe you know are not uh, have been on a long trip and all that, but in those days, there were many like long trips or lots of international games anyway at that time, mainly it was in the end of the season, Paul, which yeah. was the the ohm internationals, which at the end of the season, as you said, Peter myself and Ken, we got called up into the ohm international squad yeah for that end of that season. Now, Kenny and I both sat on the bench for the the games at Wembley, which was against Wales and Scotland. Yeah. And I, I honestly feel that probably Kenny and I might have picked up our cap if we were going to get one, if we'd have played Northern Ireland away. Yep. The first game, but obviously because of the troubles, yep. we didn't go. Mm. So we missed out on that. But before we went... Before those three games, there was an international against Brazil, and that was where Peter made his debut, yep, which was on the tuesday right so so he got his cap then and then he stayed in the squad then to the World Cup and everything so peter done done really well, but you know we when we talk about players you when you listen to this this West Brom team yeah so you you've got gardening got you've got batson while Robertson Cowdrill. Moses Robson Brown Owen Barnes Regis Sub Mills yeah yep. now there was half a dozen of them I'm sure they were international footballers mm. yeah Barnes definitely uh, Owen was certainly sort of yeah. getting Robson was definitely in 100%. there uh, yeah yeah uh, Robertson and Weil. while wasn't it, Robertson was Scottish wasn't he yeah it was yeah? Yeah. yeah and he uh, Batson was England you know so. And obviously Regis was there as well. So you know, you look at that team, and that was one hell of a team. And they finished, as you say, like they they finished so high up in the league. And if they'd have beaten us, you know, in that game mm-hmm. instead of us beating them, they might have even been even with the chance of winning the league. You know, so that's how close it was. That's how tight it was at the top. You know, going into the final few weeks to play that. But getting to the international side of it, I. I, I I played under 23 when it was under 23 when I was at Coventry. Yeah. Now the very first game, if you remember, go back to when Don Reavy took over the England squad. I remember right? it well. You remember that well? I remember when, it well. Yeah. Well, when Don took over, he called together about 200 exactly. odd. Yeah, <laughs> 80. Yeah. He he took, he called together a lot of England players. You know, a lot of England players. Yeah. Who who could have played for England. And he, we, we all congregated in, in, uh, in what's the name, up in Manchester? Yeah, it was, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, soon after that, there was a, a testimonial game or a benefit game that had been arranged for one of the club doctors who worked with England, who had passed away at Sheffield United.
1: Right.
0: Right. Now, I I remember getting... I got I got a letter and John Goodman did as well. Yeah, to play in that game. Right. Yeah, but but John Goodman obviously was was at, at Villa at the time. Yeah, I'm at Coventry. Okay. Mhm. Yeah. So 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 now we've we've got this call up. So I, obviously I didn't know John Goodman then, but so we've got this call. So we've been called up into this squad. That was the very first squad that Revy ever picked. Yeah. Right. I think I was about twenty-one then, twenty twenty-one, right? I couldn't play because Coventry City had a game that same night. We were playing a game, so I couldn't go and play. And because it wasn't a full international game, yeah, there was, you know there was it wasn't compulsory to turn up to that one and, and miss out on the league game. So I'd I i did not go to that game. So I was in those early days. The other interesting thing with, with Leeds and Don Revy was that before, before it, you know, leading up to that, there was, there'd been reports in the paper of me maybe being transferred to Leeds, really? you know, in previous seasons, yeah, when I was at Coventry. Mm. So Don Revy, I think, knew a little bit about me because if, if, he was, if there was talk about me going there, he must have had a, a dossier mm. on me or something, Paul. So, so I didn't play in that game. So, so, so but it was the first one that he, he, he ever picked. So I'm thinking to myself now, well, it, I'm really on his radar here. But unfortunately for me now in that season, I ended up with a really bad injury. Yeah. Yeah. A really bad knee ligament injury. So by the end of the season, uh, this injury came on, on uh, just before the new year, and I didn't get back to playing until about the last two or three games. So I was in, you know, I, I'd, I'd missed half the season practically. So, you know, I, I wasn't going to be fully fit and everything. So at the end of the season when the old Manchester Nationals got picked, I dropped out of that pecking order, you know, yep. for midfield roles. Mm-hmm. And and so consequently, I just felt that if if I'd have been right then, yep. and this is one of the things yep. that you, we always said about England, if you got into the squad, yep. you very rarely left the squad. Yeah, once you got into it, it was very difficult to to get you out of it. Yeah, and you know people like Terry Mack, you know they 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 must have been so so many times, mm. you know for for England. And there's others like him who were always always in the squad, but weren't always the first pick. Yeah. Yeah, and and that might you know so I, I I might have, I might have been part of that Paul if I hadn't got this bad injury at Coventry. Yeah. And so so, so that that sort of, that that was that. And then the following season, when, you know, I was another year older and I was getting more and more games in in the first team, because you've got to remember now, I'd been playing in the first team at Coventry from the age of 17. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And by the time I moved from Coventry to Villa, I'd already played over 200 games. Yeah. And the league games were all in the first division. Now, this is interesting because Villa, when I, joined, when I joined Villa, you've got to remember Villa had just come up from the second division, right? So they'd never played in the first division for a long time. Yeah. So, so I, I'm now probably the most experienced player in that, you know, when I've joined the club from the point of view of having more games than anybody else. In the first division Yeah absolutely I probably had more mm-hmm. games than, yeah. I probably had more games Than all the team put together yeah, yeah yeah. You know So so I've come into the side Yeah So with all this experience Of playing in In, in the first team You know But You know that, that year now You know That was me now Sort of Having that consistency The start of the season At Coventry Looking You know To sort of really now Put a marker down You know For England Yeah And i thought well the move now to to villa yeah you gotta remember now is i i knew very little about villa Mm. being over in coventry because you know i'd never played against villa because they hadn't played you know Mm. all my all my sort of thoughts were all about playing teams in the first division so villa were never on my radar paul you know so so from that point of view this was uh, I, this was going to be a, 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 an experience because you know I'm thinking to myself well I'm going from Coventry now who I felt at the time now Gordon Mill was starting to put together a team yeah we were starting to get some uh, some great young players we had at Coventry yeah and we were it was starting to show through yeah and I thought you know when I when I left there I just thought to myself it was one of those well I'm going to Aston Villa but they've never played in the first division. Yeah. And I have, yeah. yeah, you know. And at the time, you know, you think to yourself, "Well, well, I'm open now. This is going to be the team that's going to take me to some kind of glory." And wow, yeah. didn't it just
1: take? You to absolutely, absolutely. It did, you know, did.
0: I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I was, I was open. It was going to, yeah, yeah. But, but, but obviously, you don't know what's going to happen. And it's quite amazing really, because when you think of the seventy-six, seventy-seven season, you know, with. Andy Gray and Brian Little uh myself, Frank Callis, you know in midfield with Alex Cropley and you know sort of uh, Chris Nicol and Clayton Phillips you know that, that 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 was you know the way they the way we played that season was exactly the way we were playing now yep in 80, 81 yeah and that was what Ron had been trying to get and put together yeah for all all those years that we were sort of you know, sort of trying to get there after seventy, after seventy-seven, and the great season we had, we just didn't do the next three years well.
1: How close were you in seventy-seven, briefly? Because you. You went top in uh, in the eighty eighty one season when you beat Brighton Hove Albion uh, mm. at uh, at home. They were Brighton and Hove Albion in them days. It's just Brighton and yes. they. they've dropped the yeah. Hove Albion, haven't they? But you were, that was the first time that Villa had been top since nineteen seventy seven. So you know you weren't that far away from winning the league back then. You did win the League Cup in seventy seven. But yeah, you, you weren't far away, you, you Roy. Right. You, you had two great teams there at Villa.
0: Yes. Yeah. No. The Seventy-seven. You know, I, I I do feel that that if we hadn't have had all the replays, Paul, mm. in the League Cup, and also we had the replay, obviously against QPR as well. You yep. know, when we had to go to a, a, a second game. Yeah. Uh, or you know, to, to, to sort of get through that game, uh, that tie. If we hadn't have had all them. I don't think the injuries would have come at the time when yeah. we needed those players, you know, to be and and I honestly feel that, you know, we we could have won the treble that year. Yeah. I thought we were that good. I really did. Mm. I really did feel we were that good that year, you know. And I think we the, the 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 way we were playing and and you know the the service that we were giving to Brian and when you look at the season those two had, you know, well over 20 goals each. Mm. And John Dean, I got a few as well. Yeah, Dean just. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, crikey, you know, if you've got two players, three players who are scoring goals like that, you've got a chance. You've got a chance, you know. But the following season after that, you know, we, we were losing Andy, we were losing Brian. We, we weren't getting a a regular sort of two up front, you know, so the goals weren't coming in as well as, as much as they were the years the year before. And so those the, the, it must have been a big disappointment to Ron as well, because, you know, he he he, he probably felt after winning the, the, the League Cup and the way we'd played that season, you know, only finishing, I think we were just six points away from the top team, yeah. I think we might, did we finish, I think we finished on 56, I think we were 60, so we win, we win. And when I, I I sometimes, you know, get the look at the fixtures and I look at those, the games, you know, and I think to myself, crikey, if we'd have just won that one and won that one, Yeah. We actually might have won the league, but you know we didn't. But then, the, but everyone had great hopes for the following season. But it, it, but nothing happened then for three years. You know, and what we had to do then, and Ron had to do. You know, he he had to overcome obviously the boardroom battle yep. with Doug Ellis. You yep. know, and uh, he overcame that. Uh, Mister Bendel stuck with uh, with Ron. He knew that he would do the job that he he brought him in to do. And uh, he got the chance again in eighty eighty one, uh, and you know, and we 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 became <clears throat> we became part of the history books again of of Ashton Villa, great club. Uh, and then we went on to <clears throat> to emulate that in a great in one in, from one point of view and and, and winning the European Cup because that had never been won. I don't know what European trophy had ever been won by any Villa team. So you know that was the the icing on the cake really. I always call that the icing on the cake because we'd won the cake, yeah, yeah? and then and then going through to winning the uh, European. And I always, I always felt that you know winning the league the year before and, and 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 you know the only doubt is really because we lost our last game to us. A lot of people don't realise that you know they <laughs> I'm, won a year and yeah. they won they were third in the league. They were they, they they'd beat Ipswich. You know yeah. they they'd beat Ipswich as well as lots of other teams. So they were known. You know they had a they had a decent team, but. Losing on the last day of the season, everyone thought, well, it's, it's, you know, you win now and you've won the league anyway. But the thing was, is that we still won more games. Uh, We still won more games than, 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 than than Ipswich. So we, 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 we got more. and we, we, we had nearly the same number of goals for, yeah. So we were scoring goals as well. So, you know, going, winning the league then, I just felt the following season winning the European Cup, just like Forrest did, is that, it was. It, I just felt justified, you know, that that what we'd done the year before, we didn't let anyone down the following season, except the fact that we didn't do, do so well in the league. But what we did do is that, you know, we accomplished something that I don't think any Villa fan, and I, 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 they've all got to be honest on this one, Paul, yeah. I don't think any Villa fan expected us to win the European Cup. Probably not. You didn't,
1: did you? I'm not a Villa fan. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, well, there you go then. But, but I didn't expect Nottingham Forest to win the European Cup as well. No, And, and if I'm honest, when I was watching Liverpool in 77 against Borussia Mönchengladbach, um I didn't expect Liverpool to win it, so I think sometimes you don't expect, and when you don't expect, you're you're pleasantly surprised. If we're just going to touch upon internationals, when England do play internationals, Euros and World Cups, we tend to expect, and I don't get where the expectation comes from because we're not good enough. But going back to that, when you won the again, people only foolish people and idiots would say, "Well, you got beat by Arsenal, yeah," but Arsenal were a very good team. They finished third, and you played. 42 games and you ran out winners by by 60 points, exactly the same as, uh, yeah. as Liverpool amassed the season before. But you yeah. won one more game than Liverpool. You won 26. Liverpool only won 25 the season before. Yeah. So yeah. it only comes from foolish people that, that spout rubbish yeah. like that. But I do think what did help you, going back to 77 and all them games, you got knocked out of both Cups quite early, didn't you? Yes, at Cambridge yes. and, and Ipswich. So East Anglia yes. was a little bit of a thorn in the side for this yes. West Midlands team. And then the three games that you did play against Ipswich, close games, you didn't win any. So I kind of get where Ipswich come from, but they're fine margins. And at the end of the day, you won more games than them. You amassed yes. more points than them. So you actually won the league. They didn't. You know, okay, they won the UEFA Cup, but you know that they think. I think they played something like sixty-six games, and you played forty-two in the league and uh, a couple of games in the cups as well. So yeah, okay, you benefited a little bit from that. You didn't have as many internationals, but you had the local derbies that Ipswich Town didn't have.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, so so we finished with seventy seventy. Two goals for, forty yep. against, and they had seventy-five Ipswich and forty against. Yeah, yep. uh, so so yeah, and you know it was four points different in the end, and that's all that matters. Absolutely, yeah? the fact that we we had more goals. It's interesting, like going into the Middlesbrough game, you know, the sort of last home game of the season. Yeah, I, I suppose what was disappointing about that game really was the attendance. Yeah, it was yep. only like thirty-eight thousand at mm-hmm. that game going to be our last game at home and you know uh, it, it, you know this is this this was really the thing my 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 hopes and dreams going into that was that uh, so we lost the Ipswich 2-1 yeah. on Tuesday the 14th of it, and then on the on the 18th of April we played Forest now they're no easy team to beat so we had to beat them and we beat them 2-0 yeah and, and again when you look at their team yeah, and you look at the the players that they had in their team and the the, the international players again. You know that that was a tough game, another another tough uh, what's the name? Uh, another tough derby. But we beat them two 0 and we didn't always get the best the uh, the best of them. But that was a, a game where what was it? Coward Gordon scored and Withy scored. So Withy would have been happy because that was the team he played for yes. at one time. The game I wanted to win was against Stoke. On yep. the bank holiday Monday, because mm. we needed four points, Paul, yep. to win the game outright. I wasn't worried about Middlesbrough. I knew we'd beat Middlesbrough at home. You know, I thought they were a tough team away from home, but I thought at home, we, we wouldn't have any problems against Middlesbrough. So the game I wanted to win, really, you know, going into that game, I didn't say anything really myself, you know, saying win this one, guys, and we've got it, you know, because that might have made us a bit too complacent then going against Middlesbrough. But we drew that one one all, yeah. And and I just thought to myself, again, if we if we'd have got two points there, we could have gone to Villa Park the following week knowing that we if we beat Middlesbrough we'd get the trophy. Yeah. Yeah. And and how nice it would have been then to have won the game, knowing full well that if we'd have beat Stoke and had that two points now we beat Millwall. We've won the league. We don't have to worry about Ipswich and going to Arsenal. We could have just forgotten about Arsenal, yeah. Because now we could have had the trophy at Villa Park, and we could have actually paraded that around the park, yeah. yeah? So we, I was disappointed with the Stoke game, yeah, <clears throat> that we only got the draw, and then obviously going into the Millwall one, I think. Peter had a story. Peter with had a story saying that, you know, he did a story that we never beat Millsborough at home. Well, I don't know where he got that story <laughs> from, but Peter Peter was always good at making stories up. Yeah. So, so so you know, so we, 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 we handled that one easily enough with 3-0. And then obviously going into the last game of the season was Arsenal away. But, you know, you look at the league, you know, they, they finished third, yeah, on 53 points. Yeah, and uh, so it was, and West Brom were were just a, two points behind them. Forrest were, Forest were fifth, and Southampton actually were sixth. So Liverpool were well down that season, you know, on the usual standards. So it'd been a tough year for them, you know. So, but we'd 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 now gone forward like Forrest had done, and and proved really to 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 everybody in the country that you know other teams beside Liverpool can win the league.
1: Absolutely. And in that seventies yeah. going into the eighties um decade, there was a number of great teams and great players and it was very competitive. Two of the most competitive games that you played during that season was against Manchester United and both ended up being three three. Yeah. <laughs> Two crackers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was it's quite funny. I was on the internet yesterday. And yeah. it was uh, I was just looking at uh, looking for something you know to do with the villa, and I I just went on to the YouTube and I was looking at because I, I was looking I want I went on YouTube. I, this is what I did. I went yeah. on YouTube to look for, and if anyone who, who's listening on this has, has got any pictures that they can that I could get off them, I'm looking for some photographs from. The day that we, it's the start of the season, I think we seventy eight, seventy nine. 78-79. Yeah. Lossie Ardiles and Ricky Vila have just signed for Tottenham. Yeah. Right. And we've, we're, we're now, we've played in the second game of the season away. And we go, we go to, so we're going down there. And obviously, you know, we'd all watched the World Cup, yeah, in the summer. And we saw the, the ticker tape oh, welcome so that nice the Argentin- the Argentinians gave to their team every time they came out. And it was, it was this, we had this same thing happen at, at at White Hart Lane, is that when we came out, the ticker tape came down onto the pitch. Yeah. Right. And I want a photograph of that, right. So if anyone's got one or anyone knows where I can get one. Now, I was on the internet trying to find it, see whether, you know, there was a looking for a, a Spurs program or something, you know, where there might have been some pictures of it. I thought there might have been one in the Villa programme, you know, sort of after we'd played them. Yep. All we've got in the Villa programme is the is pictures of the four goals that we scored. But I'm sure Terry Weir, and if, if people probably might remember Terry Weir as being the club photographer. I'm sure Terry must have taken a few photographs because he would have been down there. Uh, but I've never seen any, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I might have to sort of... Uh, and ask the villa because they own his, his photographs yeah they do. They, they've I got know. Him. yeah but so i might have with... to go yeah i might have to go down there and see if i can go and have a look and see if he's got one or two but so i was on there looking and then i, I just happened to see the the the, the uh, man united three uh liverpool uh, villa three man united three yeah. yeah and i've never i've not seen that game you know on, on youtube so so I thought well i watched this but they've got like joe jordan and bobby charlton discussing it with uh who was the presenter of itv then uh they used to have his air pushed back with a little silver streak in it yeah and and so they're discussing it right, right the game and and we go we we go a two, we go in a two nil up at half time having I mean, maybe should have had maybe three or four more. Yeah. yeah, against this Man United side again, which is full of internationals. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we've uh, so so we we've come out after after and I think we've uh, we've 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 lost a couple of goals. So they've got back at us now to all. But then, but we've had other chances which we should have put away. Yeah, so it was a good game. It was it was a really up and down game, but we we were we were getting the chances to to win the game, you know, and we could have settled it. But so we 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 three two. So we get the third one. I was looking at it, and then with about with a few minutes to go, uh, Stevie Copple gets sort of so called pulled down by Gary Gary Williams on the edge of the box. And when you look at it, like there's nothing in it, yeah. you know, but but Couples made the most of it. Yeah, and uh, he's gone down he got a, and and it ended up three all, yeah. So so the own game, yeah, was 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 exciting. And as you say, we played them away then. Yeah. And uh we had a similar scoreline line, you know, which was which was quite amazing really considering that. I don't think United were doing well doing too well that year, you know. I think They
1: were a bit of a funny in transition yeah, wasn't were, they, they United? You know, yeah. Yeah, they
0: had they had some team though, you know. I mean, the he had some players in that team. I think when mean,
1: you look at it, probably again, Paul, it's probably full of international footballers. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. You know, they were again. It was it was around that time that um that that um uh, the doc had, had obviously left because of his situation with the uh, was it the physio's wife, wasn't it? Um, right. And after the cup final, what was it seventy nine? He had to leave. Yeah. I believe it was Dave Sexton that, that took over, and Dave had previously been at QPR and uh, and at Chelsea as well. And I I I, I don't know. I get from Udi that Sexton was a great coach, but not a great manager. And and I think that United were were men. They they were a good cup team, but kept falling away, didn't they? In the yeah. league, and and yeah. probably were looking for those two pieces or three pieces for the Jigsaw to make them yes. title contenders, unlike you guys. What was your highest high and your lowest low of, uh, of that season, Dennis? Ooh, difficult.
0: Uh, I think the high was beating Liverpool. Yeah. No doubt about it. You know, beating Liverpool and putting them, what I felt was putting them out of the title race. Yeah. I felt winning that game put them out of the title race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and it's so, it's so it so it's, yeah, the, the low, I, I don't know. Uh, it's difficult. We had a couple of hiccups, didn't we, really, where we, we draw games and we we lost a game or two. But I think it was, I think, I suppose the lows really was losing three times to Ipswich. Yeah. The first game when we played them down at uh, Portman Road uh, was our first loss of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we lost 1-0. And again, you know, it, it, it you know, it just got—it's amazing, really, when you look at their team, yeah. And you look at the the international players that, that they had on the bench uh, on that team. You know, you're looking at you're looking at G- George Bailey, Russell Osmond, Butcher, McCall, Tyson, Walk, Moran, Brazil, Mariner, Gates, and you look at those two Dutchmen in midfield, Tyson and Muuren, yeah. Mm. And you know they they were sort of they were sort of similar sort of build to you know the great Johan Cruyff, you know sort of very lithe, mm. yeah, sort of uh, long legs, not a great deal of muscle, yeah, yeah muscle tone, slim, but yeah. but but very very nimble yeah. and and sharp. And 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 Tyson was one of those players that would turn in a big circle and come away from with the ball. You know he's one. Yeah. he was not Tremendous play, you know, and and but I just felt I, th- I felt it in that game, yeah. That I thought this was, I, and I because in the book I've got like a captain's log. I'm you know, so, Yeah, you know, yep. and yeah, and so so our, the captain's log really what what they are is they're just little snippets from my. I used to have a a, a weekly column in the Sport Argus. Yeah. So all the captains in the midlands all had a cap- you know they all had a, a, a you know their own page really, and uh, you, you, every every captain then gave their little observations of the game gone by or game going forward or whatever and and so you know we put i i I kept all those cuttings yeah and and when we were putting the book together, I mentioned it to Jim Cadman and Jim said, "Oh, that'd be a good idea that you know so i I, I sent them all over to Jim. And he looked at them, and then he just took took a little bit out of them. But but the performance I thought at Ipswich was 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 fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just a pity that that was never filmed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it was it was, I just thought the football played by both teams. Yeah, was 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 of the of the highest, mm-hmm. you know, that you could you could get from to from a football match. And you know, it was there's there's none of this, you know, sort of one team defending deep. And letting the other team have 400 passes before you get to the halfway line. Yeah, You know, it teams. was it, it was it was up and down. It was two teams having a go. Yeah. yeah, and wanting to prove a point. And and you know, losing that game was 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 a disappointment. But losing the three games against them, you know, the cup tie as well. Yeah, was 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 disappointing. Uh, but the game at home was the biggest disappointment because that I think that was our biggest. Crowd of the season, you know, and it was it was it was the game where I felt that now we could, it, obviously, winning that would have really then said to everybody because there were, there were two reporter camps in those days. Yeah. When I say you know journalist camps, there was a London press. Yeah. Yeah. Who who loved Bobby Robson and Ipswich. Mm. Yeah. And then there was the Midlands press, who you know Ron sort of had round him. And whenever we played any games outside the Midlands, whenever the London press now wrote about us, they yeah. didn't write the same kind of ways as the, as the Midland guys did. Mm. Yeah, and and I always felt that you know, uh, you know, with Ron's sort of demeanour and everything, he was never he never endeared himself to the top guys in the London press. You know, the the Frank, uh, what was his name? Frank, uh, what are the name now the. David, David Miller was one, I think, might have been, was it David Miller? Anyway, there were three or four of the big guys, yeah, who, who in the London press, they were the ones that would get the big headlines in yeah. the papers, yeah, whereas, you know, locally, you know, Ron, Ron had all of the local press, you know, sort of, uh, r- you know, wrapped around his finger in a way, and they loved him, though, because he was, you know, he, he, he wasn't the dour person you know, that some people used to say he was. Especially when he was with people, you know, he had a sense of humour. I'm sure I'm sure when he had his, his press meetings, I'm sure that everyone sort of went away, sort of, you know, pleased around what what they did and, and the way that Ronald approached it, you know. And uh, so 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 there was this, you know, this thing going on really with the press. You know, they weren't for Aston Villa. The London Press. They were for Ipswich Town, and they wanted Ipswich to win the league. So, you know, I think from Ron's point of view, he, he, you know, he was having to overcome things as well. You know, from the point of view of his credibility, yeah, and uh, and the team, you know, uh, what last game, you know, losing twice to Ipswich, or you know, in the league, a lot of people thought, well, you lose twice them, how come you won the league? Well, we won all the others. Yeah, simple as that. You know, it's quite interesting, actually. I, as many, a few years ago, I, I got a, a phone call from a, a journalist in, in from Ipswich, and he was writing a book about that year, yeah, about the Ipswich year, and uh, he asked me to make a comment. Yeah, in the book. So I, I I did the comment. The guy sent me a copy of it yeah. and everything. So it's, it's all the players talking about their experiences. Obviously, they went on to win the European, uh, the first cup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which was a yeah. great achievement for mm-hmm. them in the end. Yeah. Because, you know, they they had such a, a, a an eventful season. But it was it's quite interesting because when you read what everyone says about it, you know, everyone's it is and and we'd probably be the same we said well we should have won the league we should have won the league you know but uh but but they didn't you know so m- my little bit of narrative was uh tried to put the thing right yeah and it was said simple we won more games than you guys yeah and that was uh that was how simple it was yeah but but it's an interesting book to read really you know because there's a uh, it's all about you know and it would be anyway because you know you're writing about yourself as a team it was all about how how they they felt they should have won the league yeah
1: I suppose every team is similar, and every set of supporters is similar, isn't it? We we should have won it. We 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 were the best team. Well, <laughs> look, the best team wins the league, and Aston Villa won the league. Yeah, okay, they come to Villa Park, they beat you two one, but there was a couple of horrendous mistakes where that led to the two Ipswich goals.
0: And in yeah. the dressing
1: room, they they. They were a bit bullshy, wasn't they, in the dressing room after. And yeah, were, and I think that got you guys your back up. And then Ron Saunders famously said, yes. do you want to bet against us? And, yes. and that seemed to be the time that, OK, Villa got beat for the third time against Ipswich. But looking at that season as a whole, that seemed to be the defining moment where you rolled your sleeves up and thought, do you know what, them fuckers ain't going to win the league. Not after what they're doing in our dressing room. We're going to make sure that we win it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, as, as I said earlier on, Paul, you know, the mm. game, the following game we had then was Forrest. Yeah. So we, so we played Ipswich on the Tuesday uh, and then we, we had to get over that disappointment. Mm. Uh, and then on the Saturday we had we had Nottingham Forest, who, you know, were, were still a difficult team to play against, you know, good team as well. And, you know, we, we, we didn't have too many successes against them in those two or three years, you know, yeah. where, especially when they won the league so so this was a this was a, a good game, so we needed to be up for it and we were up for it that day you know when we we uh we got the result we wanted uh it from that point of view uh so no you know there was there was there were lots of you know ups and downs uh, throughout the season uh and but 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 we 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 had we had the players you know to to keep it making it happen for ourselves and and as we said, having seven players, who we were always there. And it was always, the good thing about it was, it was always that central spine of the team. Yeah. Whenever we lost Peter, obviously, it was, the only reason we lost Peter, obviously, was through suspension. Mm-hmm. You know, his bookings. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't through injury, you know. So, you know, he can count himself unlucky, really, having, you know, not to have played all all 42 games. Mm. Uh, but, but you know, it was, uh, you know, having... having uh, that spying down the center of the, you know, the pitch, you know, with Al- with Alan Evans and, and, uh, and what's the name? And, and, and Kevin McNaught, you know, doing such a good job and Jimmy in goal, you know, is, you know, a, a, a much underrated keeper, you know, uh, you know, he'd been around a long time, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. he, he hasn't yeah. played a lot of games, mm-hmm. not many first division games, particularly, particularly, you know, when he was at Man United, but, you know he he was he was a solid keeper Jimmy. You okay. know he had uh, good good hands yeah and uh, you know he he was he it was good to have someone like him behind you you know mm-hmm. as a defender as, as two defenders uh, Alan Evans and Ken would say that you know that having the right goalkeeper behind you someone who's uh, experienced and as Jimmy was and talks to you and everything it was 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 vital. You know, so uh, so so that was that was good that we, we we kept that you know that sort of spine right down the middle really most of the time, uh, and it was just those on the outside. But uh, overall, yeah, you know, the season the season came to an end uh, at Arsenal, which, as we all know now, was. Uh, one of the most interesting days of our lives, <laughs> especially when we're losing 2-0, and then with with five minutes to go, we're, we're, we're playing the game, and all of a sudden there's a tremendous buzz coming from the fans who are, are, are on that sort of bank, you know. And yeah. you know, they, they, it's such a crowd in there that day, and you know, it's, we're getting near the end of the game, and we're, we're seeing, you know, I'm looking over and I'm thinking. What's happening here? The the, the fans are—they're all cheering, they're all shouting, and they're all getting ready to come onto the pitch. You know, and you think yourself, what's happening? You know, because I wasn't even thinking about Ipswich Town and their game. You know, that wasn't that wasn't in the back of my mind. All 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 we were concentrating on was 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 this game against Arsenal. You know, and. Uh, we knew that Ipswich had more games to play anyway, but but you know, once that sound started coming towards us, you know, and we're you know we're looking over at the bench and signals are coming on, they saying that, you know, uh, and and Sweeney tells the best story where he he was telling me not long ago where he's you know being a fullback, he goes to pick the ball up, you know, to take a throw in, and someone shouted onto him, you know, he's got a a radio to his ear, someone shouting. Ipswich are losing <laughs> you, know, and, you know we're about three or four minutes to go and Kenny's now thinking oh dear we, we, we've got it we've got it you know and uh, but but it wasn't until we've got down the tunnel and we've got into the dressing room you know where confirmation has come through you know that if have lost and we're champions you know and' uh, it's, it's one of those Paul you know where you, you've You know, like you you spent like eight months now sort of uh, trying to carve out some history for yourselves and and win, you know, the the greatest club prize that you could win, you know, the first division. And uh, we've done it. And, you know, and, and everyone's. You're looking at each other and thinking to yourselves, well, what do we do now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did you do now? I'm guessing yeah, but, had a few yeah. beers.
0: <laughs> well, we, the champagne came out, yeah. and there's a few, there's a few pictures out there that speak to testify to that. Yeah, and even, and even Ron had a bit of champagne because Ron was, uh, Ron was more of a brandy man. Yeah, you know. So I suppose you, you know you thought about superstitions earlier on. Yeah. I suppose that's one of the things. Yeah, it's just reminding me there now. Is that? Yeah. Ron was a, Ron used to keep a, 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 a small brandy bottle yep. in the skip, wherever whenever we went anywhere, and and it would always. Jim Paul, who was the, uh, the 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 kit man, would always pack this small brandy in the in the skip, you know, to go up to the ground, you know, at uh, all Manor Way, and um, you know Ron would 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 then take that brandy down in his pocket you know it, into the box yeah you know on the side of the pitch just for a little warmer every now and again but it, it got to the stage where you know it it i don't and i don't know whether it was ron had sort of said anything about you know have a have a nip of whiskey have a nip of brandy before you go out but there was a few of us actually started i know i'd never drunk brandy in my life but yeah. a few of us started to have a little bit of a, a nibble at it yeah and just have a mouthful of brandy just before we actually went out. So this is well, the referee didn't smell a <laughs> breath before, we went out. but there were there were four or five of us who actually uh, who, who, who who took a little nip from it. And uh, you know, it was there. It, and it, it carried on. I mean, it wasn't just that season. You know, it was just something that we did with Ron. Yeah, and it was something that happened. But it was it was quite interesting when we all went to uh, Ron's funeral. You know, this... Not long ago, and uh, I just felt that that was one of the things that uh, I, you know. I just felt that we it would be nice if we had a toast to Ron, mm. yeah, and the family, uh, just the players, by just having a little nip of brandy in a glass, yeah, and just you know sort of toasting the family. Uh, uh, with, with because I just mentioned I, I just brought I told everybody that you know this is and they knew I think they already knew that you know the family you know about the whiskey uh, about the brandy and um, and we just we just we sort of uh, just tipped it back and said you know to Ron and uh, I just thought it was a nice little touch actually because it was just something that he left with us really yeah yeah he left with us as players but. So that was, that was probably, I, I, again, it wasn't a superstition, but it was just a, a little thing that we did, yeah, uh, you know, with, with Ron. And uh, I can't remember how he introduced it to us, really. I don't know whether it was just we were taking the slice wig out of it, but I don't think any of us were brandy drinkers, not like he was. So he yeah. turned
1: you into champions. Yes, he and, did. And alcoholics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Now, in the book, uh, and it is a fantastic read, so guys, Aston Villa, First Division Champions, 1980-81, 40th Anniversary Tribute, uh, written by Jim Cadman, forward by Dennis Waterman just brilliant and, uh, Dennis yeah. Mortimer do you know what I said to Alan Hudson do you know I'm going to call <laughs> him Dennis Waterman because one of what his best mates is Waterman yeah, and I've I'm done sure. it all done the it? podcast call you Mortimer yeah. you'll have to cut you'll have to cut that one out now I, I never cut nothing out. we keep everything <laughs> in then I like okay. to keep it nice and raw right. and as it right. is like okay. you know in, in a game, we all make mistakes. I make loads yes. of mistakes on podcasts, <laughs> but it's just what it is. It's all about mm. the football. Um, there's a wonderful picture, a group picture of your, your your soccer stickers. Now, you haven't got a beard on that. How no. come? Why did you shave it off? Terry Curran asked me, asked Dennis, when did he start wearing the beard? and Because um, he loved it. He thought it was iconic. And why did you <laughs> then Why did you then shave it off?
0: Well, there was a winter thing. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it was only a winter thing. It was never there all the time. Yeah, you. No. I never used to grow. I never had it in the summer. Yeah, really? I'd, I'd say. It I I think when we won the when we won the league. Yeah. Uh, the 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 picture the picture that you've got now is the following season.
1: Yes, right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. it's different kit.
0: But if kit you look, changed. if you look, if you look on the opposite page, you see like you know the LP of yeah. Villa winning the championship. Well, that's actually my LP though. Yeah. That's one of my little souvenirs. Oh right? Yeah, yeah. That that was one that I gave to Jim to put uh, to put in there. And also, you see the National Football Museum Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. That little uh, medal. Well, that that that's that's mine as well. You see. So, I uh, I put I put a few things in there, you know, for Jim to put into the book. Yeah. Besides my sort of column. But so so I've got my beard now because I had my beard right up to the last game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously in the summer it came off. Yeah, and then and then I grow it again. Yeah. So, but the worst one was when when we won the League Cup. Yeah. Uh, I remember. Yeah, I, I had the beard then. Yeah, and uh, I remember shaving it off Ooh. Uh, and just leaving a moustache. Oh right. <laughs> and that, that was a big mistake. That was because <laughs> I, I I at the end of this at the end of, I remember at the end of that season then we had the. Uh, the play of the award, player of yeah. the year awards, yeah. And uh, I remember I got my photographs with it, with, with this moustache, yeah. And it's, uh, I think that was a mistake that was. I should have either left the beard on or, or just could certainly not have a moustache. Yeah, I never did that again, Paul.
1: Well, yeah. all you would need as a scouser is that permed hair and you would yes. look like the stereotypical <laughs> scouser. Yes. And yes. finally, uh, Dennis, any songs... That remind you Of that season Did Villa play Any songs On the way to You know Away games Or before Games no, at no, Villa no, no one had we, the jukebox No DJ No
0: no no one I mean I had all my own music I mean yeah. I was a, I mean I had my own Walkman then Yeah mm. You know with my t- I was a, I was a, I was a, You know A sort of A, a rabid Taper yeah. uh, of, of stuff Because I was really I'm, I'm really into music Yeah Paul Yeah and uh, I start. I started. I started collecting music at, when I started at Coventry. Yeah, I mean at home we had we had a few copies of, uh, of of Beatles songs and everything. But but and and some we used to buy records from Woolies. But they were yeah, the we the records, yeah, yeah, the the records we had they were they were current songs, but they were they weren't by the original artists. Oh, the Top of the <laughs> yeah. Pops ones, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so so, but we didn't we didn't really have we didn't really play music and all. But when I went to, when I joined Coventry, I, I I got into I got into soul music. Yeah. yeah, through through one of the players called Graham Padden. And
1: yeah, Graham
0: I was a him. big he, yeah, he was a big Temptations fan. Oh, really? So he he told me like you know he said to me look go and go and buy the Temptations greatest hits. So I I went and bought that. and I I'd, I'd not really I I hadn't really heard Motown sound before that. Yeah, because uh, we didn't have a radio, we didn't play the radio much and at home and everything. So w- once I I got into it, then I became a, an avid collector. Yeah, so I then started you know sort of listening more and more to Motown, uh, and then obviously I started collecting more and more, and I was buying records all the time, and you know sort of uh, building up a collection and everything, and, uh, and 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 you know and and so I just got really in. So I would then. So I'd, I'd buy an LP, but then I'd I'd, I'd put a mixtape. Everyone put mixtapes yeah. together, didn't they? So yeah, that you was did, me yeah. now. So I put loads of mixtapes together of all the albums I've got. And I've got – <laughs> it's funny because when, when I got rid of my tape machine, when it finally broke down, I didn't get rid of my tapes. I've still got them. I've still got them. I'd, I'd, I'd never get rid of them. They, they're they too precious, yeah. So I kept all them. And I've just, I've just brought them out, actually, of the cupboard recently because – I just bought myself a refurbished tape, yeah, to go with my system, and now I'm playing them again now, and it's great listening to them you no, know isn't it's it, the, just. it it's it's brilliant but 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 i got i i i sort of built up my my music and and i i i, I texted you earlier that you know yeah, you, you texted did, yeah. me about about yeah. i texted you about getting to know Pete Waterman because Pete lives in Coventry, yeah, yeah, and I got to know him through the fact that. He used to run a a a little shop in Coventry called the Soul Hole. Oh right. Yeah. So he was really into sort of Motown sound and everything, and you can you can hear that sound in the music he produced when yeah. he was you know became a producer, mm-hmm. and he just loved the Motown sound. Anyway, I, I got to know him, because uh, I used to go, there was a, a clothes shop above it, and Pete was just below, and i I I'd go in the clothes shop, and then i go downstairs, and I got to know Pete, because I used to buy quite a few records. But we were, I, I mentioned about the fact, when you asked me about music, about uh, one of the songs I sent you was uh, Love TKO by Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. And you mentioned about, is it Terry Cummings you mentioned? Jerry Cummings, yeah,
1: was in the yeah. uh, uh, Harold yeah. Melvin and the Blue Notes. Yeah, right. he okay. a few
0: but, years ago. Yeah. anyway, he was, uh,
1: Pete sent me
0: the first album, The Love I Lost. Yeah, great album. And he sent me also the Isley Brothers, 3 yeah. plus 3. Yeah. So those two iconic albums, right, Pete sent them to me, yeah. And I remember putting Harold Melvin's, the uh, the uh, the love i lost one on and the f- the first track starts off with cabaret yeah you know the the the, the you know life is a cabaret i can't yeah. say but it starts <laughs> off with that and i'm thinking to myself <laughs> what the, <laughs> what the hell is this yeah. yeah and then and then it just it goes off and then you get this fantastic introduction to one of the greatest songs i've ever heard which mm-hmm. was the love i lost yeah and I still love it today. I love that. I've I've got extended versions of it, which goes on for like 15 minutes. You know, I've got <laughs> I've got all different versions of it, but it, it's it's just the most amazing song. And you know, it it was a song that set off the disco yeah,
1: sound. It did yeah?
0: Because I remember watching BBC Four once, and they were they were they were taught. It was it was one of the great music programs that they made. And it was they were talking about the disco sound, and it was the drum beat yeah. that that made it all happen for disco because it was it was four time instead of being two time it was four time. Yeah. So the the beat on the on the bass drum for the drummer was continuous. Yeah, and and I, I, it's quite it's quite interesting, you know. So that song which just talking a bit, but, but I, I whenever I hear those first few bars, you know that that song is so. It just it it's just you you could never forget it you know uh, the 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 beginning of the love I lost it's it's just brilliant but but so but you know I I, I got into you know music then more and more and was building the but, but the great thing was was I was having these mixtapes. tapes I just love them you know and and that's what I, I ended up doing like and, and having lots of things because so I, I sent you quite a few records from the eighties yeah 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 you know there was like. Michael Jackson, Rock With You, but that was from a great album as well, which was Off The Wall, uh, you know. And I, I I didn't, it wasn't just soul music. As I, as I, as I moved on in life, I, I started to listen to other music as well. I, I mean, you know, people like The Eagles, yeah. yeah? Uh, you know, I love their, their sound, especially those early years, you know. And uh, uh, But there was a great song by Bob Seger called Against The Wind. I don't know if you know it. Not familiar with that one, no, 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 you know, look it up, yeah, look we'll it up. Do. it's a good sound. And one of my favorite guys is Isaac Hayes, yeah, yeah, because uh, I, I just felt you know that his, his, his music, you know, I mean, people always remember him from Shaft, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but what you've got to do is you've got to listen to his, his albums that he's put together and the way he, he constructs a song, yeah, it's, it's he's, he was just absolutely brilliant. And then obviously the other big guy was Prince, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and uh, he was, you know, he, he's, he's. I've got quite a lot of his now, uh, Prince and his music. But I, I was just so, it's a, ama- you know, I, I, I'm just amazed by music people. You know, I, I just think the way they put songs together and they put music together. I, I, I'm just in awe of them because I just think to myself, what a talent. Yeah. You know, people think footballers have got talent, but when you think of music writers and people who write songs and everything and put it all together, and I love watching those kind of programs, you know, watching like uh, Lloyd Webber the other week on BBC4, you know, and seeing how he he put his all his, his great plays together and his great theatre. It's, it's great to watch, you know, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's entertainment, and uh, entertainment's brilliant.
1: Well, I do another podcast with uh, Alan Hudson, uh, My Life, My Music. We talk about Odie's life, his career in football, and we, we play tracks. We've done about 14 now, and I think we're up to about 84 tracks on it as well. Right. So, okay. uh, you know, you, you two should get together. You should just do a DJ set, you and Alan Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fantastic. We could... Well, we could...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you never guessed this, Paul, but when I was in Coventry, I was asked by Pete... Well, yeah. not Pete exactly, but some of the other DJs that were working around in Coventry yeah. at the time. I was only eighteen at the time, and um, I, I I I was very young, and I I I had a column in the Coventry Telegraph. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was called the the column. They were what it was. It was a on the Saturday in in the paper. They had a, a pull-out thing called on the scene. Yeah. Right. And it was for kids, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, when I was 18, you know, there's me, you know, I was, I was sort of, I had the long hair and everything. I was playing football for Coventry city and, and I was asked to do a, a weekly column and I've still got them all as well. Yeah. I've still, I've still got them all. And, uh, I, I, I um, I remember every, what I used to do is I used to have a record of the week. Yeah. yeah? And I'd, i and I'd put them there, you know, and, uh, and, and, some of the guys in Coventry the DJs they, they got in touch with me once and said would you come and do a DJ set for us up at Mr. George's in Coventry and I thought to myself no I don't think I can do that I think that I, I, don't, I don't think that's part of my sort of makeup is Stand behind uh, some decks and 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 play some music and make a load of nonsense for myself and be up till two o'clock in the morning. So I, I don't think
1: that, Gordon Milne would have been very happy with I you don't doing do To be
0: fair, no, I, I, to be honest, I think it was I think it was Noel Campbell actually. No, it no, it, would have been, it,
1: days, would it yeah. might
0: have been Noel because mm. it was very early on. You see, yeah. I think it was very early on when I got into the team because no, it was Noel who actually gave me my my debut. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I think it might have been Noel. Yeah, but. It, it might have just sneaked into the Gordon Ray and it might have done, but I I I put I, I put that one to bed pretty quick. But I love music. I love music. It's 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 just you know I I just love listening to it, you know, and uh, and I keep buying now. I keep buying now. I I, I see an album that's probably got remixes. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I I I just love longer versions of records. I just think sometimes a record finishes too quick for me. So I do like to get sort of uh, remixes of things and put, and put them on. But uh, so you're
1: still yeah. buying vinyl to this very day?
0: I don't buy vinyl now. Right. No. Okay. No, no, yeah. I don't. I don't buy vinyl now. Mm. I think uh, it's it's mainly uh, CDs. Yeah. yeah I, got you. I, I still get them. You know, I mean, there's, there's there's things that I I might have missed out on. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, When I'm scouring through the uh, you know the sort of uh, the playlists and everything, I just see something. Think, oh. I remember that, yeah. Uh, oh, I might I might look on that and find out that it's it's still there, you know. But uh, and 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 go for it. But uh, no, I, I I just you know like the mixtape was just one of the greatest things that we ever did was being able to mix the tape, you know, sort of not have because I always found that sometimes an album didn't have like ten great tracks on. Yeah, usually three or four. Yeah. But, yeah, but then mm. you take one track off it and yeah. put it. And mix it with a load of others paul yeah and i just think it just sounded twice as good yeah yeah yeah. because because you are now yeah. isolating it away from the mm. others yeah you know so I, I i just i just found you know sort of putting that mixtape together was just, was just the way to have it yeah but listen you know it's uh I, you know music uh it, it just keeps you company
1: really Music and and football uh, go hand in glove, as me (laughs) Nuddy say. It's all a working man's ballet. Yeah. So so what we what I've I've got about six of your tracks that you text me. Text me another. We'll do eleven, because you are patron and ambassador of the project that Colin and myself are doing, Aston Villa through the years. So every month, Dennis, you can do a mixtape, and these days we can do it on Spotify. So I'll put Dennis, Den, uh, Dennis Mortimer's mixtape, and we'll. Oh right, uh, we'll, Yeah, yeah we'll no, no, no,
0: no. See, because the ones I give you here now, yeah, just, yeah.
1: I just put them from the eighty, You yeah, know, from that season. Yeah.
0: yeah. But if you want my
1: all-time. Yeah, we can. We can every month send me yeah. another eleven, and then we'll yeah. put them up. But what I'll do, okay. I'll, I'll put these from this podcast um, and accompanying a little podcast a little uh, Spotify playlist from Dennis Mortimer and you won Um, 11 we won 11 I think you've given me so far sick because yeah, I've sick. put one together from my memories of okay. music of the class of 81 so we'll get yours and hopefully we'll do many of the other players that played in the 1980, 81 championship yeah. winning team and uh, going forward we'll get playlists from all the guys and uh, let's, uh, let's create something special 40 years on and we can do it through taking trips down memory lane and uh, remembering and evoking memories through song great stuff top man Dennis good stuff thank you sir till next time it's been an absolute pleasure thanks Paul thanks Dennis cheers Maka ta-ra ta-ra mate thank you bye 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 and thanks for listening guys ta-ra mate